This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. And I am excited to chat about today's topic. Um, Today, we are going to talk about boundaries because, oh my God, some clients just don't respect them. They don't get them. um, And it's up to us to implement, put them in place and, you know, set healthy boundaries for ourselves to, you know, to create the kind of business and life that we want. And that's my entire purpose for being here just in this world, the PR community, to try to offer um, strategies, resources, tools, all the things you need to be more profitable, make more money in less time, and more importantly, and probably most importantly, run a business that you absolutely love. I mean, I'm 17 years into running my agency. I still run my agency. And I love it so much. And I get so excited for client wins. I get so excited for um, press features and new clients. And I realized what a difference it makes in your life to have a business that you love that totally lights you up, that also works really well with your personal life. And, you know, now as a mom of two and my older son is on the autism spectrum and has a, you know, some other learning disabilities. I need to have work that will support my, you know, family life and how I have to be present for my son. And this has been a gift. And let's talk all about these boundaries. I know that we've all worked with disorganized clients at one point or another. Um, Sometimes they're really busy and it's hard to get their attention when you need something. And then it's always like a fire drill because they waited too long. So um, we want to help you figure out what to do in these situations to help you avoid headaches. And we also know that there's this really delicate line between setting boundaries, keeping clients happy, and obviously protecting your time and your business. If a client comes to you with a last minute ask, it's up to you to determine whether the request is reasonable. Can you make an exception? Um, We don't want to set a precedent that this is going to continue to happen, that you're okay with these like fire drill, you know, jump through hurdles asks very last minute. So in that instance, analyze the nature of this last minute request. Is it something that could have been prevented? Is it something that uh, maybe you've asked for several times and the client keeps getting to it last minute. Sometimes what we do is we will put a deadline on what the request is and when we need to have it back by, in your professional expertise, kind of gauge it. You can say um, this this request can be completed by X date um, and kind of back in and, and, uh, you know, give yourself a little time. That's if you're asking a client for um, something that you know is going to take them a while to pull together. Uh, the other thing too, that you might want to consider is saying to them, if it is something that is outside of scope or because there's a rush, you know, fee involved, you can say to clients, 
you know, we can complete your request by this date. This is the, pro- the project fee or the, um, the, the fee for this last minute request. And I don't always advocate for rush fees in every situation. I don't think they're always appropriate. Our motto here is, you know, service, overserve, um, not to the point where you're taken advantage of, but I don't nickel and dime. But if there was something that was like crazy, you know, urgent that could have been avoided, then we probably would bring up that piece of it to the client. Um, And then if it continues to happen repeatedly, it's a separate issue. So if it does happen over and over again, you know, think about charging a late fee and it sends that message to the client that their behavior is causing disruption to your workflow. And then also uh, you should put it in your contract so that it can protect you and be really clear what constitutes a last minute ask for a rush fee. Um, Think about that if you want to put a client conduct clause. No one ever thinks they're going to need it until they need it. So that's what contracts are for. Just have all the inevitables. When clients dishonor the contract, how do you enforce the contract? Is it through an attorney or a third-party company? Um, So it keeps boundaries so clear. If you have a client that consistently sends these last-minute asks, um, it's probably someone that doesn't value your time or respect your time and it's honestly not the type of partnership that should exist between clients and PR pros. So to me, that means that you're at their disposal. And if they're dragging their feet, their time's more important than yours. Um, And, you know, for me, I'm always striving for a partnership with clients. We're trying to become an extension of their team. And, you know, if a client doesn't respect our times, it's not the kind of client that I want to work with. So we can try to course correct. And if it doesn't get better when we're trying to let them know that the things they're asking for and in that time frame are not re- reasonable or we're charging a late fee and they're not getting the message, then um, you have to accept it's probably not ever going to get better. So you need to decide, are you willing to put up with that? Did you charge a pain in the ass tax when it came to your retainer? Sometimes you can build in a nice juicy retainer and then you have a little, we call it PETA cushion, pain in the ass cushion for bringing on a team to help support this client, you know, or building out more of a team to help support this sort of um, needy client. And if you accept that it's never going to get better and you don't want to deal with it, you might need to think about parting ways. And we have done that. And it feels amazing. I'm telling you, it feels amazing to, you know, be like, nice to to know ya. See you when I want to be ya. Um, And the nicest, obviously, we part ways always. Yeah, so think about that because it's never going to get better if they continue to do it. And you can explain to uh, the client what you and they are sacrificing with these last minute asks. If it, you know, if it kind of comes up over and over again, it's to the detriment of their, um, you know, other initiatives that you have in the works for them. They're going to burn relationships. They're going to lose opportunities. That is you being a boss and saying, you know what, this is not okay. Um, You have more respect for yourself and your business and your time. And they just don't get to treat you like that. You decide, how do you want someone to treat you? 
um, if the client is coming in with a last minute ask and it's reasonable. So um, you can decide whether you want to jump and handle that, but it's going to be to the detriment of other initiatives that you're working for. Um, and I have to be honest, this is how my relationship with Miranda is. And I respect so much that she will be like, okay, if you want to do that, you have to put all of these other things on hold because this is the plan. So is this important to you to the detriment of all of these other things um, that we're working on? And I have now learned that not every single thing has the same level of importance or priority. And if I have an idea, I will share it and it will be on the back burner and we'll figure out the right time for it to happen. But not every idea that comes up and is in a certain time frame is necessary or important. So it's like you realize now that if you're jumping through hoops to make that request happen, it's to the detriment of their other initiatives. You have to tell them that because there's only so much horsepower. There's only so much bandwidth. This tends to come up a lot too with like award requests, award submissions. We're submitting awards for our clients right now. And we just had a new client that started 20 days ago say, where are all my sample requests? Where, you know, we, we worked on strategy, we wrote the pitch, pulled the media list, and we submitted them for a huge award. And we got an email this morning, like, I want to be sending out samples. And it's going to be a whole complicated answer because, you know, samples are totally different than they used to be. Editors aren't asking for them with work from home. Also, expectations on how long things are going to take and when. It's been 20 days when we're like, oh my God, this is not okay. So this is one of those expectation resetting moments. And I think that we're pretty good at them. We're pretty diplomatic. And if they're not getting it, it's going to be a challenging relationship moving forward to say the least, but we'll handle it. And also here's the thing. Don't be intimidated to say something. That's how I feel. I'm going to get, you know, into a discussion with the client about, um, you know, what's realistic. And you may feel like if you say something, they're going to fire you, but it should be a mutually respectful relationship. And you can do it in a way where they respect you, where, um, you know, they see that you are running a business just like they are. And if they expect you to operate in like fire drill mode at all times, you can remind them you are not an in-house PR person. Let me say that again. You are not their in-house PR person. They hired you for your expertise, your contacts. If they want someone on call 24-7 to jump through hoops and be available at the drop of a hat, they need somebody in-house. And they're not going to get somebody as seasoned as you, or they're not going to get somebody as dialed in as you. They're going to have to pay for databases. They're going to have to pay for benefits and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So you are not their employee. You are running a business. It's a, you know, it's a contractor relationship and respect the business that you're running and don't let the clients tell you how you should be running your business. Okay. We're going to dive in specifically to the importance of setting boundaries and how to do it. So we know we've created this business and you can make it look however you want for yourself. And that's why boundaries are so important. Um, so back when I had um, my 
second son a decade ago. My very first client that I ever worked with, I supported them for 11 years. So this was like, um, I don't know, six years into working with them. And the CEO was a woman and very much like, yay, you know, friend, we're friends, came to my baby shower. Um, so it was a very like Jekyll and Hyde personality, very odd, like a gaslighty type thing, which was my first experience with the, the concept of gaslighting. They didn't have that term or didn't say that back then, but I was like, am I crazy? Like this person just said this to me and then flipped on a, like, it was crazy anyway. So, um, and I was not the only person that this person treated that way, but so I had my first son got home from the hospital and let's say, okay, so I had him on a Friday, was in the hospital until Sunday and I got home and that Tuesday I get a call from her, an email, and she was like, Hey, I have a gift. I I'm in your area. I would love to bring this gift to you. And I'm like, um, okay, you know, when you're like freshly off of having a baby, you do not want to see a soul. I was nursing. My kid also had colic and he had colic that young, which normally it's not a, a newborn, but it's usually a two week old baby screamed his head off nonstop. The only way to shut him up was to nurse him. So here's this woman that's like, I'm coming to bring you a present shows up at my house and comes up to my office. She'd been here. She knows where my office is. It's upstairs and plops down on the couch, opens her laptop and is like, let's talk strategy. Sat in my house for four hours. I had a nanny because I had my other son. I had like two kids under two. My nanny's running around this calm woman who's never been anything other than like a perfectly Zen person running around the house because this baby's screaming and I couldn't nurse because this woman is there. And I'm like, when is she going to leave? Why can't she take a hint? She was sending me a very clear message. Don't get too comfortable just because you had another baby doesn't mean that you are not on the clock. It doesn't mean that you're not um, committed to our, you know, our, our work together. And it felt to me like a very, I own you moment. And I let her do it. I let her do it. Um, the moment I accepted that my business would be okay without this client. Cause I had such an affinity. I, it was my first client. I loved them. Everybody kind of knew me for working with them. It took years and a lot of abuse. Um, and, and that, and I'm not overusing that word. It was a lot of, a lot of abuse. Um, when I accepted that my business would be okay without them, that we would be okay, that the narrative would not be that they outgrew us and we were ancient or whatever. The second I accepted that, I felt so powerful. I felt so empowered. And it was years after this. It wasn't like, oh my God, she showed up at my house when I had a newborn and now this is not okay. It took me years and I was so liberated and it felt amazing. And then ultimately our relationship parted because she didn't want to do PR anymore. She wanted me to run her affiliate program. And I was like, that's not what I do. And it was just a good time to move on. And then the very next day, I'm not even exaggerating to you when I tell you the very next day, one of their competitors reached out to me. I tripled my rate because when you're with a client a long time, you can only do like little incremental increases, especially when you're just starting out and you're with someone for that long. 
incremental increases. But when a new person comes from the outside and you have all this expertise and all these contacts and all of these great results you can leverage, now your rate is something different. And I tripled my rate and they did not bat an eye. So think about that. Um, you know, when you think about these clients that, yeah, um, that, that, uh, kind of, uh, steamroll you, um, that was one of the lowest feelings I've ever had, you know, also just being exhausted from having a newborn and nursing and this baby never slept. He screamed his head off and she just showed up at my house. So setting boundaries, this is why it's important. Um, you want your business to look however you want it to look. And that's why we start our own businesses. If you are going to work 24 seven and that's what you want, cool, but that's not what I want my business to feel like. This is a discussion we all need to hear because sometimes clients creep in and we're just like, I guess this is how it's going to be. Um, but set boundaries. And when you have your boundaries in place, clients will respect what your availability is as long as you're getting the work done. Um, you know, we do not respond to messages after hours. If you're, if you allow your clients to send you messages after hours on the weekend, then you'll never really have any downtime. You won't be able to spend time with your family and check out or be present in your personal life. If you allow clients to creep in on your nights and weekends, you have no um, connection to what's going on in your you know, personal life. It's just sort of out of your hands and you're allowing people in to control all hours of your business. So I want you to have a business where you can be present in your life so that you're not constantly checking email all hours of the day, wondering after hours what clients are texting me or asking for me. Um, if they send me a message after hours, even if I'm working, because sometimes I do work, I will get the work done and I'll boomerang it to go out in the morning, first thing, during normal hours. Um, I don't want them to see that I am accessible and online when it's late at night I just or on a weekend. And I will tell you, I have not had a client message us, reach out, ask anything. And it's my industry. We're not a 24-7 operation. It's not, um, you know, breaking news type situation for our clients. But clients don't bother us. They just do not bother us. So, you know... When you have your client do this, text you nights, weekends, blah, 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 the first time they do it, consider how you will reply because that is setting a precedent. So if my client is messaging me nights and weekends, it is reasonable to get back to them on Monday morning. It is reasonable to get, to get back to them the next day when you're online. So think about the first time you do it because that is going to set the precedent for how that behavior is addressed. So set very good habits from the first interaction you have with them. Um, like I said, you may find free time nights, weekends, but, or, and also this goes for the proposal. This goes for the proposal. Um, if you are working late at night on a proposal, do not send it. Don't be like, oh my God, they're going to be so happy when they wake up in the morning and my proposal's there. Yeah, if they see you sent it overnight, then now your potential new client sees, oh, my PR agency that we're thinking of hiring works, works nonstop. That shouldn't be 
something that they think about when they're considering working with you. It should be the content of your proposal that persuades them. This is a mindset shift that you have to make. We know that there's this like pride with PR professionals where we're super responsive. They respond as fast as possible because sometimes this is about breaking news, you know, um, and you have to respond really quickly. Um, you know, sometimes you want to align your client with something that's being discussed in the news, like a news jacking approach, and it comes up and you're like, oh my God, I have this idea. Let's respond right away. There is this badge of honor that comes with it with PR pros because we're communicators, we're comms pros. So we like to be like, I'm a great communicator and I, you know, respond very quickly and you're going to hear from me. So you have it in your head that maybe you are the one that will not be able to sleep or, you know, be able to focus on anything else or relax until you get that response off. You have to tell yourself that it's okay to have those boundaries and you need them in order to be successful and in order to have your mental health, to have downtime, to reset your mind. Um, your clients are not going to feel like you're giving them bad service if you wait to respond during, during normal business hours. That's not bad service. If you get them results, it shouldn't matter when you communicated in order for those things to happen. So some people, they'll set clear communication right from the start by including the details in their proposal about availability. Like you get one call per month and I'll be accessible from email during nine to five um, during the work week. But I personally don't do this and I don't recommend it. I think that that implies almost like there might be an unprofessional relationship from the start and you're like planting your flag and they're, you know, going like, okay, you know, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Um, it, it usually will not come into play with a corporation or a bigger client. So I would never really say this to them. They're on business hours too. So the expectation is that they're, um, you know, they're already, on that same time frame without you having to say it specifically. If you represent individuals, that's where like a conduct clause can be helpful. Um, and, you know, I, I don't like to say, oh, to our clients, you're, you're limiting how many times they can call you. I don't want to set up my relationship with my clients like that. I want them to feel like we're a team and all of that. And usually they don't abuse it. But if it's an individual, put it in your contract make sure they see it before signing it and state it clearly. So I, I once had a client that I allowed to text me because I was so eager to please her. Um, she texted me all hours of the night, 10 PM on a Saturday. Um, and I had to set those boundaries because it would have been and a lot easier if I set it right out of the gate because I was the one that jumped through hoops to be like, you know, this amazing, like, I, I got you. Yeah. I'm a team. I'm a team player, you know? And it was my fault. And I allowed her to do that. Um, you know, so think about your behavior from the beginning, because that's what you're showing is okay. It is okay to treat you like that. You know, I talk about Miranda a lot. She is amazing at this. She's very protective of her time. Um, especially after hours and 
to me, all that matters is that she's crushing it during her available hours and she'll get back to me right away the next day when she's back online. And, you know, maybe there's a few instances where we have an issue, but it's really important to me that she's checked into the business, that she's excited about it, which means she is doing this to protect her energy and to avoid burnout. And then she gets back online and we're like a great team and making great, amazing things happen. Okay. Um, so I respect that. And, you know, trust me, your clients will too. And be confident to do that because this is your business. You need to set it up in a way that makes you feel good, where you have energy, where you're excited. I don't want a text to come in and you're like feeling that sense of dread. You're like, Ugh. you know, we all know those clients when the phone rings and you're just like, Ugh, I have to talk to this person. This is awful. Um, you know, don't allow that to creep into your nights and weekends. And if you um, take time off, the other thing I want you to know is that that is okay. It is perfectly fine and acceptable for you to take time off, you know, for you, unless you have the kind of work where you have to be connected to breaking news, um, it should not matter when you get your work done. What matters are the results. And it's your job to kind of convey to the client that you're available during your particular hours. And for me, it's not really even explicitly saying it. It's more doing it. Does that make sense? It's um, exemplifying my boundaries um, when I'm replying, when I'm getting things to them, how quickly I reply to an email. You know, for me, it's about, I don't say like, I'm available these hours, blah, 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 blah. Do not call me nights and weekends. I don't say that. I just do it. And they get the message. And nobody's like, you aren't responsive. I've never, people are like, they're so responsive. Nobody's ever said that. So, um, you know, unless there is a breaking news situation, but those are usually few and far between. It's about conveying by your actions, okay? And follow through on these boundaries. Don't just have them in your head and let a client kind of creep in a little bit and then a little more and a little more. Now they're like owning you nights and weekends. One of the biggest reasons that I got into PR and the reason that I love it so much is the flexibility to be present for my kids. And I made this move before I was even a mom. And I had my agency a few years before I had my two kids. And I had two kids under two. I nursed them and my business didn't suffer. Um, we were steady because that was the choice I made. I didn't want to grow during that period. And so my client load was steady and I had a team. Um, we did not grow because I did not have the bandwidth. So I love this so much because I was able to be present for my kids. Um, but this flexibility that I built into my schedule was intentional. You have to be intentional about your hours um, that you're working, your time, how accessible you are. And setting these boundaries is how you create a business that will support the kind of life that you want to have. And I know that I was meant to leave law to be on this path, to be able to be there for my son, and then also to give others the model for how to do it in a way where they can be intentional, set the boundaries, build the business they want on their terms. And um, it's easy to go overboard and just think that you have to work, 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 work. But that's not the way to build a sustainable business. You know, boundaries are key. It's very intentional, the kind of business that you are looking to build.
it's very intentional. And I look at it like stepping stones. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to start, grow, and scale a profitable agency all on your own terms, you should consider joining the Agency Accelerator. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. To achieve your big, scary goals and truly live the type of lifestyle you've always wanted, it's time to join the Agency Accelerator. Inside this incredible program, you'll learn exactly how to structure your PR agency to fill your pipeline with high paying clients and establish a consistent revenue stream so you can run a business that lights you up and that doesn't run you. This program is built around the exact steps that I took to grow a seven-figure PR agency, Generation PR, and now hundreds of other PR professionals around the world have implemented these techniques and strategies to scale their own agencies too. So this stuff works, you guys. Check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune in next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.